The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Roto World Basketball Show. We are back in action. It's Vaughn Delzo alongside Raphael Johnson of NBC Sports and Dan Titus of Yahoo Sports. A lot has happened, gentlemen. And again, the man, the myth, the legend, James Harden is back in the news because he made his Clippers debut with against the Knicks and uh, Madison Square Garden was rocking. Uh, RJ Barrett, the next put on the show, won that game 111 to 97. I was pretty impressed with James Harden in the first half, but then uh, – we saw those defensive issues, I think, come to fruition as he had a negative 18 row plus minus wrath. Why don't you take us into uh, just what you thought about Harden's debut overall and uh, what you thought about his defense? I mean, you have James Harden fantasy. You're not counting on defensive stats. You know, maybe he gets a steal every so so that so often just because somebody throws an errant pass or something. But the main thing, I think, that I took away from him is he played 31 minutes. Um, given how much time he missed, didn't play at all in the preseason. I think that's a positive sign for him to play 31. It, it's still going to be a work in progress, you know, because we didn't see too much difference for Russell Westbrook, I thought, in one game. But maybe after a week or so, you'll be able to, to figure out what's going on there. I think Kawhi and Paul George will be fine. It's the Westbrook and Harden equation that I'm looking forward to. So if I have Harden rostered, I mean, Westbrook rostered, I'd hold on to him for now. Yeah, I think so. And that's the, the case for him. 17 points, six assists, three rebounds, and two turnovers for Harden in the double-digit loss. And we have a lot of injuries to go over today. But, Dan, what did you think about uh, James Harden in general and the Clippers in that game? Obviously, we couldn't expect the chemistry to be there in game one. But the first half was pretty solid, I thought. Yeah, I think we got a glimpse of how decently in shape James Harden is, and he talked about how winded he was after only like a few minutes in the game. So I think once he actually gets his his sea legs back, like he'll be fine. Um, I'm curious about the rotations. Like that's the probably the biggest thing I'm going to be looking for is, you know, is Russell Westbrook going to be playing more of the twos or is James Harden? Right now it looks like James Harden is primarily going to be playing with a lot of twos. So from a fantasy usage standpoint, they should both be able to eat. Um, Russell Westbrook's been surprisingly good this year. Definitely improved the efficiency from the field, but I think – you know, the turnovers are always going to be there, but I think what he's doing rebounding and assist wise, that has some staying power. So now it's just a matter of like, how much will James Harden be running that second unit? If he does, he could still be putting up, you know, close to 18 points. I don't know that we'll see double digit assists, but he'll still be worthy of, you know, seven or eight a game. The more concern I have about Harden is like, will he be getting to the line as much as he did in the past? Um, 
Yeah. Obviously, one game only went three times. I don't know that we'll be seeing him get to the line seven or eight times a game um, like he was in the past. But I think both if you if you got hard in like the fifth round, you got to feel pretty good about it. Yeah, that was like the bread and butter of Philadelphia. I felt like the past two seasons was the free throw line for him beating hard, especially in the fourth quarters. Uh, but yeah, his free throws have definitely dipped over the past couple of years. Uh, only 6.2 attempts last season in Philly. Uh, that's a career low dating back to his last season with the Thunder. Uh, when he was a six man. So, yeah, I think that's definitely something worth noting for sure when it comes to James Harden. Rath, you're, you're rocking the Knicks hat today. Mm-hmm. Uh, for, what is that your squad? It is. It is. All right. Yeah. So, Emmanuel, quickly, like, tomorrow. we're going to, we're going to pump. <laughs> oh, no, no. I'd rather be a Knicks fan than a Bulls fan right now. Yeah, that's uh, true. <laughs> let me ask you this, Rath. Manuel, quickly, what's he about this year? Is he going to take home six man of the year? Because that's my preseason pick, baby. Um, I think he'll be in the running for sure, you know, just because of the role he has in that rotation and how effective he's been. But they, I don't know, man. I think he'll definitely, I think he, I can see him being a finalist. You're kind of putting me on the spot here. I didn't really you know, think too much about it, but you got to use the yeah. thing about your heart right here, baby. That's your team. <laughs> yeah. I, th- in this platform, I try not to get too like psycho. Fantic, I guess you would say. I don't even know if that's an actual word, but yeah, I think <laughs> he'll be in the mix for sure. You know, he's one of the best six men. I think, if anything, I'm more excited what we've seen from RJ Barrett thus far. A um, yeah. bit more efficient. You know, the defensive stats still aren't there, but I think if he can clean up the efficiency, he turns into someone that you're not looking at as I have to have him rostered just because he's a starter. Like there's actual value to be had there now. Yeah, I'm actually with you on R.J. Barrett. He's been super impressive. 22 points per game. We've been waiting for him to consistently be a 20 points per game scorer. And I feel like this is the season where he's going to be that for for the Knicks, not saying us. Uh, But, yeah, I'm I'm becoming a Barrett fan. And one thing I noticed with the Knicks, they're getting him active and early in games. He's getting to the bucket early, and they're running the offense through him. Mm -hmm. So I think that's uh, that's been pretty exciting. We do have a lot of injuries worth noting. Dan, I want to kick it to you because – couple guys that are on the injury reports for tonight and the next few nights. Uh, we got Mason Plumley, Anthony Davis, Bradley Bill. Obviously, the latter two are more attractive names to be talking about. So uh, break down what you're rocking with this week and pickups in case these guys miss a game or two. Yeah, so I feel like if you're a Phoenix Suns fan or fantasy manager that has Bradley Beal, you got to be feeling pretty good that he's been upgraded over the last couple of days. He's been ramping up over the last week. So I think we'll see him before we see Devin Booker. Um looks like I think Beal is good to go. He's definitely leaning towards playing tonight from what I've read. Um, so that's nice. I, I think it probably puts a, a bit of a, a bit of a, I don't know if I, I don't know if I'm quite ready to drop Eric Gordon or Eric or, or uh, Grayson Allen quite yet. I want to make sure that these guys are actually back and playing before they hurt themselves again. Kind of like what happened with Devin Booker. Now he's out mm-hmm. with a calf injury after uh, previously injuring his toe. Um, Nothing really to add on the Clippers front. Uh, hopefully, Man will make his return to play. Um, he'll be rocking in, in the power forward spot along with Kawhi Leonard. So Terrence Mann was likely dropped just because, you know, if you don't have an injured injury spot on your team, we didn't really have a place for him. So I'll look to him to, to continue to ramp up. I'm most concerned about Jamal Murray and his hamstring injury. That's just one of those like lingering type of injuries that, you know, you can easily aggravate. Um, obviously, the Denver Nuggets know that this is a, a long season. They they just, you know, I think they actually had pretty good injury luck last year. So um, I think they'll probably be pretty cautious with Jamal Murray. So who is the ad there? Um, Christian Brown definitely will get more minutes. But I think 
Contavious Caldwell Pope is someone that I've seen floating around on waivers that's actually been pretty solid that I could see continuing to play over 30 minutes. That gives you some steals, gives you some threes. Um, I think he's worthy of being rostered in shallow and deep leagues, and, and I, I've, I've seen him be getting dropped a little bit lately. But, yeah, Jamal Murray's injury only probably just benefits really Nikola Jokic, whose numbers are <laughs> only going to continue to get better, which is insane because the guy is the best player on the planet already. Yeah, just from a, uh, a prop better's perspective, I know that Aaron Gordon usually sees a significant three, four, five point uptick in scoring yep. when Jamal Murray's out. And uh, the last two seasons, I feel like he's coming to his own. So I definitely uh, like his situation as well as Jokic's. But I like the two backup names you brought up. I will note, uh, Rath, before I kick it to you here, Bradley Bill has scored 18 plus points and 15 straight against the Bulls. Uh, and that's who the Suns will be playing tonight. So that's it. Pretty nice matchup to get your first game back on your feet. Of course, no one on Chicago can guard Kevin Durant. So uh, I'll be interested to see that one. Rath, uh, out of all the guys Dan said, anyone stick, stand out to you? And who's on your uh, waiver wire pickup list? I think the Plumlee injury is a bit more important than we're giving it credit for, uh, just because they really don't have any other options behind Ivica Zubats. Musa um, Diabate hasn't been in a rotation. I don't see that changing just because of the knee sprain. If anything, maybe P.J. Tucker takes on some of those backup center minutes. Now, he's not the tallest player, but he's definitely tough and and rugged to take on some of that where they can play small. Does that make him a viable fantasy option? Maybe in deep leagues, but I think even that would be a stretch. So I think there's not too much to be had there, but I think Tucker would be someone to watch, especially tonight in Brooklyn, where the Nets have also been going small without Nick Claxton. So... You could probably have 10 players, none taller than like 6'8 or 6'9 on the floor at any given time in that one. So then the Jamal Murray one, like Dan said, that's a big one. Um, I don't think Reggie Jackson is a great pickup. Didn't give you too much on Monday. And I don't know if he meshes too well as a starter with that group. If anything, if you have like an Aaron Gordon, as you mentioned earlier, I think his assist number is something else to watch. He took on more playmaking responsibilities with Bruce Brown moving on in free agency. Um, Julian Strother went off uh, <laughs> on Monday. I think he's more of a watch list guy than someone you go out to pick up right now. I think I would pick up, say, a Jordan Hawkins in New Orleans before I picked up Julian yeah. Strother, but I think he's someone to keep an eye on right now. Uh, you stole one of my sleepers. I was going to ask you for the show. Probably wasn't a sharp opinion at all, but yeah, Jordan Hawkins was someone <laughs> uh, I thought was pretty to talk about. I'm a Julian Strother fan. I liked him a lot at Gonzaga, so... Yeah, when I saw him uh, in the highlights, I was like, what, what's going on here? But, of course, Jamal Murray opens up the doors to the, a lot of younger players and role players there. So I'm pretty interested in them. Anybody else uh, you want to hit on, Dan? Any opinions on the Clippers' depth? Because uh, as Rath hit on, I mean, they don't have much of anything going on. And P.J. Tucker looks like uh, Lord and Savior there for the center position. Yeah, I'm not really – I'd probably stay off the Clippers outside. I mean, they just got James Harden. So I feel like most of that, whatever fantasy – production you're looking for is going to become between Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Harden, and, and Westbrook. But uh, might as well talk about New Orleans because I feel like that's the, probably the most significant injury of of fantasy basketball over the last week is C.J. McCollum being out mm-hmm. with a punctured lung. Um, very unfortunate, or collapsed lung, excuse me. Um, so be, being, because he's out indefinitely, like I feel like at this point, Jordan Hawkins is the guy. I tried to take a flyer on Dyson Daniels. He has this, you know, Ben Simmons-like, uh, skill set doesn't really score much, but does pretty much everything else. And he was okay, but Jordan Hawkins went off. And mm-hmm. you know, for what he does in terms of spacing the floor for the Pelicans team, 
Zion Williamson's been ruled out tonight for rest purposes. So like, I think he's going to get a lot more usage today, even after that, that last, uh, you know, 20 plus point explosion, or did he even have 30? 31. Yeah. He had 31. Oh, okay. So yeah, I think Jordan Hawkins is like the ad of all ads right now. Um, Cause we don't know when CJ McCollum is coming back. Now he did collapse his lung before and he was out about three weeks. Yeah, so 18, 18 days. yeah, 18 days. So if there's any precedence there, if it's a similar issue, obviously they're still getting evaluated. I mean, having Jordan Hawkins right now for the next few weeks could definitely be helpful for your fantasy team. Yeah, he's definitely one of the guys coming up now that's a walking bucket. Another guy I loved in college basketball last year for UConn. He was outstanding. I thought Zion's looked really well, too. But now replacing two 20-point scores, you know, a guy's getting you eight, 10 boards, and then a guy that leads your team in assists. That's that's a lot to come up yeah. with. Uh, so, obviously, Rath, I mean, talk about Hawkins. But, I mean, is there uh, Larry Nance Jr. we're looking at? Matt Ryan, not the NFL quarterback, but the NBA <laughs> player. Uh, these type of guys, are they worth looking at, too? I would say Nance just because of the defensive issues we've seen with Valanchinas at the center position. I don't see Nance moving into the starting lineup per se. I think maybe that's a Matt Ryan position, you know, for some three pointers right now. But I think Nance is the one who could have more staying power just because of what he brings to the table in terms of the rebounds and the block shots and just being a better positional defender um, than Valanchinas has proven to be in recent years. So. I think those two names are, are definitely worth keeping an eye on here. Yeah, I've always been a uh, big Larry Nance Jr. fan. Here's a fun fact for you, too, and everyone watching. Larry Nance Jr. has Crohn's disease, and so do I. And uh, I want to figure out how to be six foot eight and 240 pounds like he is, but it just wasn't possible for me. So, uh, yeah, good stuff, Ruth. I do think Larry Nance is a great pickup. I think he's going to get five to ten extra minutes a game and be able to add in some points, rebounds, assists. And he has a three-point shot, too. So, I like that a lot, Rath. Let's go. I'll, as a reminder, actually, you guys should check out NBC Sports, all of our shows on Amazon Music. Just head to Amazon.com backslash NBC Sports. You can find all the fantasy shows for basketball, football, and some of our betting programs as well. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. So, uh, Dan, let's start with a guy that I'm a big fan of, Devin Vassell. He's got a groin injury. He's going to be sidelined. We should get an update within a week or two about him. I don't expect him to be out that long, but I have a trick question for you. Because, of course, you both are going to have your guys to talk about picking up. Is it better to pick up anyone on the Spurs or better just to pick up players against the Spurs? Because at this point, they're playing a top 10 pace and allowing the second most points per game at 126. So there's a lot of fantasy production we had both ways. Yeah, Spurs are a track meet, man, and it's uh it's great to see for for fancy basketball purposes. 
Um, I, th- I mean, the Spurs are actually an underrated fantasy team, right? Like Zach Collins is playing uh, at a top 70 level right now. Um, you know, I think he could probably be better. His assists are great. Um, but the one part of this injury of Devin Vassell that I've seen benefit the most is probably Trey Jones. And you're not going to be able to get him on, you know, in many leagues right now just for his roster ship. But they have been starting Malachi Branham. I don't know that he'll hold very much longer because it doesn't look like Vassell's injury is is long term. But you got to be a little bit concerned because Vassell hasn't been able to play a full healthy season yet. And, you know, he continually gets these little injuries that continue to press on. And um, it would love it'd be great to see him kind of, you know, come back from this and and, and actually get back into the fold. But. I'm a little bit concerned, but not enough that, you know, I'm dropping him or anything like that. Um, I did see an interesting trade go down of um, Onyeka Konkuo and um, Clay Thompson for Devin Vassell. I thought that was a really interesting trade. Um, mm. And I think that that actually might be a nice buy low window for Vassell because people could be panicking of like, oh, my God, he's always hurt. Um, but he was in the midst of a breakout. So, like, let's not ignore the fact that he was he was absolutely good before this injury happened. So, if you see anyone that's frustrated, go get Devin Vassell, man. I think it's an awesome buy low opportunity where he hasn't gotten back into the lineup yet and there still could be some buyer beware there just for because is uh, because of his injury history. What side of that trade would you rather be on, Rath? You know, I'd take the Okongwu and Clay side, personally. Um, I know, as Dan mentioned, the injury concerns with Vassell. Uh, recently, that would be something where I, I, if I had him, I wouldn't be in a rush to get rid of him. But if you're going to offer me a Kanglu who's going to get, who's going to give you solid value in like 22 to 25 minutes per game and then Clay Thompson, I think I would do that. I would take that to two players as opposed to the one. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, we's averaging almost 20 points per game, but only three and a half rebounds and two assists per game. So I like the, the mention of Trey Jones from Dan because Trey Jones, uh, his last three games, has 24 total assists, uh, games of 10, 6, and 8, and he's averaging 8.5 points per game. So if you need assists, he's definitely a great pickup, and he's not a bad shooter either. Either though it's going to get a little better. Uh, Rath, was there anybody on the Spurs team that you wanted to mention about bringing up? No. That's a thoroughly uninteresting roster beyond the the main suspects, I guess you would say. Like, yeah, Dan Rath had me cracking up actually uh, over the past couple of days because I was doing my fantasy reads and he had me saying dominating. I said, this, "Is this a thing?" DeAndre, oh, thing. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> he hasn't really dominated yet. But I mentioned yeah. that in one blurb because that's what he—that was a nickname he gave yeah. himself, self-imposed, like the king. I, I think so I, that's the first time I saw people it. give themselves nicknames like that. Yeah, I mean, we should, we, I mean, but although, like, I'm, I'm trying to think about, it, like, I feel like it's more prominent in the NBA, right? Like, ain't yeah. nobody called Kobe no Mamba before he just mm-hmm. came up with that. LeBron being the king, like, yeah, it's quite annoying to be honest. Like, you should be, you should be giving these these nicknames, man. Like, you yeah. can't just be, yeah. But he's not dominating anything. He's averaging like 14 rebounds, not getting any work offensively, which is something mm-hmm. that I think could change. Like, I've seen DeAndre Ayton listed as a as a sell high, but I'm like. Eh, is there anything really high right now? Like yeah. he's not really even getting that use of it. If anything, you know, I feel like he's going to get more touches now that Robert Williams is out. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I don't know that I would be looking to sell DeAndre Ayton as much as he's not, you know, a popular person in fantasy. I feel like he gets, I guess he gets disrespected a lot and maybe it's because of the dominating thing, but like, I don't know. He's, he's still a decent fantasy player. 
I mean, he was semi disrespected last year a lot. I mean, in the in the prop yeah. community, you either love or hate Aiton, and it's probably similar in the fantasy community too. I have to yeah. imagine. It's definitely and, uh, a love I, hate. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't saying by any means that you were calling him dominating. That's the first yeah, time I yeah. saw it was in the blurb, and I was like, wait yeah. a second, I'm to go Google it. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, what is this? Uh, but yeah, I'd rather much have rather Robert Williams over eight in, in general. But uh, what do you what do you think about Portland's situation now? Because Rob Williams out, Scoot Henderson's out, Scoot Henderson's rookie of the year campaign is it began to be over, or was it over before the season even started? I thought it was done. Um, before you, know, <laughs> you think about it, you know, point guards and rebuilding situations, the turnovers are naturally going to be high uh, for a rookie period, much less one where you're essentially learning on the job while playing 30 plus minutes per game. The efficiency wasn't going to be there. And then you look at who else is in this rookie class, you know, Victor Wimbanyama, um, Chet Holmgren qualifies, you know, for rookie of the year. Those two guys alone were going to make it difficult for him. And now we've got Alsar Thompson turning into like one of the greatest defensive rookies we've seen of this generation, to be honest with you. So yeah, I think Scoot was in a rough spot before the season started. And now this injury just makes it even worse for him and people who may have placed those early bets on him rookie of the year. So Sarah Thompson's that legit on defense or we're going to. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's that, Kessler, he's that, he's like that. He's, he is him. He is him. He, yes. Oh, I'm that man's real some, uh, advanced statistics here and see what the who his numbers are because now you gentlemen have me intrigued in that one a lot. I like that. I think uh, that, it's either yeah. the first Pistons player or first Pistons rookie since Grant Hill in '94 to have at least four steals in back-to-back games. So you you don't just do that by people just randomly losing the ball in your general vicinity. Like you kind of have to know <laughs> what you're doing. You know. Now this this rookie class is special, man. Like mm-hmm. they got three. Between Chet Wemby and Nassar Thompson, man, these are guys are all averaging over four blocks a game. Like, that's yeah. crazy. Or close to yeah. four blocks a game. Like, that's insane. Um, yeah, he sounds like a pretty good ticket on a, maybe an outside rookie of the year. Oh, so, like, his odds were outside. Like, I think they were, like, 14 to 1, 15 to 1 before. So, I mean, mm-hmm. value-wise, like, I, I think he'd still th- – there's definitely a cash-out opportunity with Asar. Um, He's way better than Scoot. It's not even close. Yeah, I mean, Scoots, like we said, it's probably over before it even started there. So, uh, you know, interesting thing is happening in Portland right now. Uh, Shaden Sharp. Mm-hmm. Ball. He's yeah. a guy I didn't get any shares of that I wish I had more. So, like, I don't know if now's the right time. Like, I don't know if anyone's going to be selling him at this point because he looks great. But what are your guys' thoughts on Shaden Sharp and being able to maintain this going forward? Good, Rob. I think he he can be the like I'd say top seventy five. I know he's like right around that top fifty range right now. I think seventy five would be realistic for end of the season value, um, just because obviously Scoot he's going to be back eventually. So we have to see how that dynamic works out in terms of usage and shot selection, uh, in terms of where those shots come from and the efficiency that comes with that. But yeah, Shaden Sharp. I wish I had more of him as well. That's not a guy that I would be selling by any means. I think he's going, he's obviously going to be a cornerstone up there. So just let him go to work and and see where that takes you. I think you're going to be in a really good place if you have him rostered. Yep. I said one thing I just noticed about him is that he's grabbing a lot of rebounds this season. Mm -hmm. And the Um, stocks too. Yeah. yeah, and I uh, wasn't expecting that, and I don't know if I'm expecting that to continue or not, but Portland's in a situation where they're going to be down by 10, 15, 20 most nights. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, 
you know, you just giving a little bit of extra effort leads to those rebounds, those blocks of the steals in the third, fourth quarter. So I guess, yeah, Shane Sharp's a pretty interesting guy to be looking at. Any opinions on uh, what to do in another uh, – I don't want to disrespect them too much, but not a great basketball city right now, Charlotte. Uh, Terry Rozier's out for two games. And, you know, we talked about them a lot because Cody Martin's out. Miles, Br- Miles Bridges is still suspended. Um, LaMelo's balls minutes have gone up the last three games, Wrath, which is definitely mm-hmm. – uh, you know, some good value if you do have him, but what's the make of the Charlotte situation? Is there anybody there that you're even targeting? Um, I guess Brandon Miller, you know, he's moved into the starting lineup. The thing with him is that he's still ranked outside of the top 150. So I think you're hoping with more minutes alongside ball, the efficiency and scoring pick up. Um, but I don't really think you're picking up anyone else, you know, with Rogier out just because of what all he was asked to do in that rotation. You know, he play off the ball with Lamelo. They'd stagger their minutes some to where he'd be on the ball running the show a bit. So, yeah, Miller's going to be rostered in, like, standard leagues and deep leagues already. So I don't really know if that's too much is going to change there, to be honest with you. Yeah, I feel like Brandon Miller is somehow making his way on the show every single week, and he just refuses to be left off of the Roto World basketball show. Uh, Dan, is there any opinion on other guys? I mean, they got, you know – uh, Nick Richards, Theo Maldon, not very attractive guys. PJ Washington, JT Thor. I mean, it's not good depth whatsoever. Um, depending on how you feel about picking up Miles Bridges, I think now would be the time to do it if you were going to do it. You know, outside of the the transgressions, you know, what I'm saying like the Charlotte Hornets haven't been pretty open about anything. I think they haven't mm-hmm. been talking about him for a reason because they don't want to draw any attention to it, but. He only has four games left in his suspension, so he could be back by next week. He's yeah. been practicing. Um, he's someone that's going to probably slot in and start playing, you know, some of that four, maybe some three as well. So if this – I mean, it seems like Terry Rozier always gets a groin injury at some point. If this continues to linger on, like I feel like the, the Hornets are going to go with a, a taller front court lineup. You'll play some Gordon Hayward at the two, Brandon Miller at the three, or however they want to do it. but. You know, Bridges is going to get minutes if he is seemingly going to play. So he's like, I want to say like anywhere in that 50, 50, 60 percent roster ship area. So like he could definitely be out there in shallow league. So if you don't have any issue with picking up a guy that's done certain things, you know, he's probably worth it from a fantasy perspective. Yeah, I was going to ask you, Rath, too, if your opinion was time to get Miles Bridges now or never because he will be coming back. People will probably want him to trade for him. Do you think he's worth picking up and trading or rather worth picking up and holding on? Um, I don't know. It's like you kind of you have to have these conversations, but it's like fantasy basketball. We're not like the morality police or anything like no. that. Um. <laughs> Like Dan said, he's going to factor into the rotation. I think the question is when. He had the initial 10-game suspension. There are other things that came to light, you know, early on. And it's like, is he gonna are they gonna tick tack on more? They're just gonna let him play and that and let the legal you know situation run its course. Mm-hmm. So for now, I think you have to play it as if he's going to be available immediately after those 10 games. You know, if, if you want to roll the dice on him and go for it, by all means. But it's like, I don't know, man. It, it's just yeah. a, a really terrible situation, which basketball really shouldn't matter too much. But we're yeah. talking about basketball because we kind of have to do that, you know. No, totally agreed. I mean, just 
couple years ago, Miles Bridges was, I want to say that two years seasons ago, he was my number two most profitable prop. Um, mm -hmm. And we called him Money Miles Bridges. See, we appointed him that nickname. He didn't appoint himself yeah. that nickname. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, you know, if you're separate on and off the court, we have to have these conversations as well for fantasy purposes. He's going to be one of the hotter nicknames or hotter the names over the next week or two. Mm -hmm. um, and honestly, guys, I'm going to be one of the hotter names <laughs> in college basketball over the next week or two, too. Three and O start season, Dan. I know hey. you see it. Uh, <laughs> but you guys need to check out Peacock Basketball because Big Ten basketball <laughs> is back, underway, streaming on Peacock. This Friday, I'll be involved in this game. Wisconsin Badgers are back against the Tennessee Vols, who are number nine. Second game of the season for both. You can catch tip-off live November 10th at 9 p.m. Eastern, exclusively on Peacock. I watched the Princeton upset Rutgers on the first Peacock college basketball game. Phenomenal game, phenomenal broadcast. I hope to be on it later this season and to be making money on the under in Wisconsin versus Tennessee. There's a little tip. <laughs> Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. You guys... All right, let's talk about uh, some more injuries, some youngins. The Orlando Magic, a, a hot team with a lot of energy. We got Wendell Carter Jr. injured, Markel Fultz injured, Gary Harris injured. What's interesting enough is they play in Mexico City on Thursday night. I can't wait to watch this game. I hope there's like it's 132 to 128 type of game. Uh, so, Rath, who are you looking at for these pickups the next couple of weeks? Because Fultz and Harris are game time decisions. I think the main focus is on the center position. You know, Wendell Carter Jr. be out three weeks from November 4th, so he's got another two and a half to go. Moritz Wagner was a guy that a lot of us pegged, you know, to be that pickup. I stand by that. Um, he's been very good in his role. It's just funny that Jamal Mosley is one of those coaches who will not upset his rotation for anything. So while we're expecting Wagner to move up into the starting lineup, he went with Goga Batadze who looked nothing like the player we've seen for much of his NBA career, and that went mm -hmm. over the Lakers. 10-10 and 10 with five blocks, and then a few nights later, he came back to earth, so to speak. So I think you can definitely go with, with Goga in deeper leagues, but if you chose, if you force me to pick one of those two, I'm picking Wagner, and I think he's going to have staying power even after Wendell Carter Jr. returns. Yeah, Wagner has great usage rates so far this season um 25.7 percent so far when he's on the court so that's uh, that's pretty good getting used fourth of the time there uh dan what's your opinion on the orlando magic 
And uh, any opinion on what you might see against the Hawks, if there's maybe any guys that are worth picking up, taking on the Magic? Um, so I think Jalen Suggs is still under 40% rostered. I think I would still have him in the lineup as long as Markel Fultz is also out. Um, I'm concerned about Fultz. He's got some swelling in his knee. You know, that's going to be one of those things you're going to have to manage throughout the season. And if this pops up again, he can miss three or four games. So um, Jalen Suggs right now is doing enough defensively to keep me interested. He's getting the minutes. He's more competent offensively than he's been in, in years past. So um, somebody that I would look at. The other one is Cole Anthony. As much as he's been running that second unit, he's been a bucket off the bench. He's getting good amount of steals, not that many turnovers. So if you're looking for a guard, I think Cole Anthony and Suggs probably make the most sense. Um, to attack that front court situation, I was high on Goga originally because he had that monster game versus the Lakers. And then, as Braff said, he came back to earth, had like 7.6 rebounds and a block. If you're looking for blocks, I think Bataze makes a lot of sense. But if you want efficiency, like I think Mo Wagner off that bench is, is still a pretty good option. So uh, pick your poison. I think it all depends on team need. But I, I think they're still, they're still worth streaming at least, you know, both Bataze and, and, and Wagner. So um, expectations for the Atlanta game, I'm expecting a track meet, man. Like Trey Young's going to eventually figure it out. He's been missing a lot of shots. Um, with Markel Fultz out, I would expect him to to have a very good game versus the uh, Orlando Magic. I think he's averaged like 47 fantasy points versus them um, last season in five games. So if you're playing DFS, I would definitely load up Trey Young. I like yeah. the sound of that one. Go ahead, Rath. I'm expecting bigger rotations for this one. Um, our producer, Adam, Googled the elevation of Mexico City, 7,349 feet. Um, obviously, Denver's only a mile high, so there's going to be an adjustment process. Um, I don't think you're going to see guys on the back end of, of those rotations being worth, like, streaming on Thursday, if anything. Um, like, you're not going to go out and pick up Admiral Schofield. Like, if you do that, <laughs> you might be a degenerate, but, you know. But, <laughs> but yeah, Schofield in the flex. <laughs> yeah, we may, we may see some of these guys playing in shorter stints just to kind of manage the, the stamina up until the fourth quarter. Then you just kind of go all out as you normally would. But I think that's going to be something else to keep an eye on on Thursday. Really, I think, was it two games on Thursday? So not too much going on there from a <laughs> standpoint. But. Well, that's because they uh, gave us 14 games on Wednesday. That's yeah. uh it's exactly what Dan wanted to happen. I'm yeah, love, sure. love it. Love it when Adam Silver can just stack us up with 14 games with like, 10 of them going on at one time and it's perfect chaos yeah how can we watch all these games but uh we need we got the animal show show field shout out but listen to this if you don't count minutes played he leads the nba in usage rate because in the three minutes he played this season wrath 57.1 percent baby this Give guy was touching up all that's over the rock it. that's how you do it man that's yes, wild. It's like that he actually wow. That's great that he just goes to the top of the usage list. That's because the game we haven't played enough games yet. That's hilarious. Yeah, one game for three minutes, and he's number one in the NBA, baby. Come on, NBA, do better than that. We don't want to see his name up there, but he might be getting minutes. So Wrath might be onto something because he's 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 handling the rock now. Uh, let's talk about another rotation that didn't make much sense to me, but now it more and now it more it's a little more clear. Jay Ivey has an illness, um, but. He got called out by his coach saying that he's just playing kind of selfish basketball. He's not bringing that team mentality to the floor. And there's other players that are doing that for them. So 
you know, while he's got an illness now, I kind of felt like this was coming at some point. He was going to be sitting a game or two, uh, maybe get his act right. Uh, Rath, any opinion on what's going on with Jaden Ivey, the Pistons, and should we drop this guy? You can't guard anyone. Like that That's the <laughs> biggest thing. Like you, you can't. Like I don't, I don't know. You. Hell yeah. Uh, I've never been paid <laughs> to play basketball. Like, no. I don't know that he yeah. could, man. Raph's six, no. six, man. He bodied him in the post. No. no, 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 no. My personal rule is that if you've never been paid to play, you can't get on here talking about being better than someone who has. I love that. I don't I care what this. But, yeah, that's the biggest thing. Monty Williams is a stickler for being able to defend, you know, defend your position, defend within the principles of their system. Ivy wasn't able to do it. You know, I don't want to sit here and insinuate the, that the illness isn't real because obviously I'm not in Detroit, so I don't know. So I, I assume that it is. But even then, he wasn't a Monty Williams draft pick. You know, so it's like if they're giving him carte blanche to rebuild this team in his image, he's under no obligation to play him, you know, high minutes. And we've seen Marcus Sasser. He struggled on Monday. But before that, his points were going up by the game. And he scored 22 in the game prior to that. So if you have Ivy, you're definitely looking for alternatives because even if he returns, I don't know if there's like a clear path for the minutes that he's going to need to be of of value to fantasy league. So he's not particularly efficient. Sasser and Killian Hayes are both far better defenders in him. So yeah, I think it's time to let go personally. I was going to mention that Sasser, like playing at Houston, he was a guy I followed for the past two years closely and elite defensive ability. He's a great shot maker, can get that separation. The last four games, as you mentioned, he's seen that uptick in minutes, 23, 23, 30, and 33, um, averaging 14 points and four and a half assists and three boards. So he's done a little bit of everything. He's only going to get better. Um, a guy I think will fit that team's build the next couple of years pretty well, in my opinion, Dan. What's your opinion on uh, Jay and Ivy? Anybody worth picking up? And I'm sure you're on the same line with Sasser. Yeah, Ivy's a drop. I think Sasser is someone I'm interested in in deep leagues. Um, he's under 15% rostered. I'm actually, I hate that I'm saying this, but I, I guess I'm in on Killian Hayes. It's more about the, the minutes and the production <laughs> mm-hmm. right now, man. Last three games, he's played over 34 minutes in each of those three games, including the 39-minute game. Um He's scoring, he's hitting threes, he's getting plenty of assists. So, like, I mean, I think he needs to be rostered right now. He's only at 35%. Until we get more clarity on the injuries in Detroit, like, I feel like this is a tight rotation, and Killian Hayes and Sasser are both a part of it. So, I think both of them, you know, depending on your league size, are, are worthy of being rostered right now. But definitely drop Jaden Ivey. Dude, Ivey, uh, man, he wasn't giving you much anyways besides points and a couple assists per game. Definitely turnovers. But Killing Hayes, I feel like he's – it's not a now or never situation, but he's got another season or so before he's kind of have to, like, get it all together and be the complete player he could be. Because last year his three-point percentage was bad. I mean, 28% the year – two years before that, 26 and 27. You know, but this year, as you said, Dan, he's he's hitting shots. He's hitting 36% from three. Uh, averaging about 10 points per game. So I think that's really crucial for Killian Hayes. He'll get you assists. He'll play some solid D, but he needs to be able to make those shots. Uh, yeah, for I feel, sure. I feel so. like he had this moment last year too. For He had like a stint of like 10, 15 yeah. games. It's like, oh man, he's playing really well. Mm-hmm. And then he kind of got to the Killian Hayes that everyone knows and loves. the uh, the most ine- One of the most inefficient players in the league. But I think you got to ride him while he's hot right now. And we'll see how this injury situation kind of pans out for Detroit. But 
yeah, Sasser is definitely a good long-term view um, for the way he plays defensively. Like that dude is a dog. Um, so I think eventually if Killian Hayes starts to fall off, I think we'll see more of Sasser, which it'd be good to get some, because get some shares of that now. Yeah, for sure. Rath, anybody else worth mentioning here before we talk about uh, the rest of the week three schedule in the NBA and all the back-to-backs? They signed Kevin Knox today. Who's they? <laughs> Detroit? Yes, he did. Cool. How many teams is that now for him in the last two years? Well, this is his second this is his second stint in Detroit. So we got Knicks, That's right. Hawks, That's right. Pistons, Trailblazers. There's just four. So, yeah, he's not on the Ish Smith plan just yet, but, you know. <laughs> If you get there, that means you've been in the league a while. So yeah, yeah. Who's uh? How many years has he been in the league? I mean, he's got that in twenty eighteen. Five, yeah. He's got five under his belt right now. So this will be year six. All right, I like that. Uh, Let's see if we can break some records, Kevin Knox. Uh, But yeah, that's interesting. That's a good note worth making. Dan, anybody else for you? You want to hit on before we get into scheduling? Your your part of the show where you just take over and kill it. Uh no, Raph's got something else to say. Let's. let's I just want to be clear. I'm not telling any of you watching or listening to pick this man up. <laughs> just be clear right now. I, I just wanted to, as, as Dan said, the rotation's really tight. There's really no yeah. one to pick up at this point. So I just wanted to make sure we're on the same page here that you do not need to go pick up Kevin Knox. Yeah, he'll get Admiral Schofield though, but uh, no Kevin Knox. <laughs> All right. Uh, if you need some ad drops of fantasy football, they'll get you covered also on Amazon. But Sunday Night Football is a big one, guys. Uh, all eyes are in Las Vegas. For you don't want to miss a match between Stars, Sauce Guard, and Devontae Adams as the Jets travel to the desert to face the Raiders. Cover starts at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on NBC and Peacock. Uh, I'll probably be on the under in that game because, I mean, you know who the quarterbacks are. But anyways, week three scheduled, gentlemen, for the NBA. We got some teams on a back-to-back. My Chicago Bulls will be in there. The New York Knicks will be on a back-to-back. I don't remember who Dan's team is. I'm feeling like it was the Sixers, but I don't remember, to be honest. But uh, oh, he's going to get the flag out or something. A band. Yeah, there you my, go. Yeah. Uh, I knew it. Yeah, I go. knew it. Uh, <laughs> Sixers, no back-to-backs this week. So they got it easy. But they got a big game with the Celtics tonight where they're short home dogs. I think they can win. Dan, take us through what you're thinking. Uh, back-to-back scheduling, what it means for some teams. Um. So streaming wise, I'm, I'm trying to think of like back end of the week of what teams are probably the most advantageous. So um, I do like I think Derek Lively still under 50 percent. I don't know how, but um, I think he's coming off of a 15 15 game. I think we'll start seeing him get into the lineup a little bit more. Um, Dwight Powell hasn't really been doing much and Maxi Kleber still hurt. So um, Dallas does have three games to end out the week. So if he's out there and you need a big go for that. Um, I think also Grant Williams is also kind of interesting. He's been playing more minutes and playing pretty well with those minutes. Tim Hardaway Jr. I don't know where he is on the six man of the year list Vaughn, but um, this dude's dropping 20 point. He has the most 20 point games off the bench so far. So I feel like he's not getting talked about enough um, for what he's doing for that Dallas team. Um, other ads now, Nas Reed kind of interesting. I feel like he could also, uh, be a streamer for Minnesota. They have a nice little schedule there. Um, and then, um, yeah, that's probably where I draw the line. Indiana Pacers have been super weird. One of the players I want to kind of get a feel for guys is Benedict Matherin and what you're doing mm-hmm. there. I've started to see him get dropped in definitely 10 team leagues, and maybe that turns into 12 team very soon. But you know, Indiana's rotation is crazy right now. Um, Obi Toppin. Played well against Victor Webb and Yama, hadn't gotten any minutes, and then 
you know, Aaron Naismith still played pretty well. So, you know, I don't know, maybe Indiana is just one of those frustrating teams that you just can't put a, you can't get a read on who's going to be the one to pop, but they do have three games this week um, for the rest of the week. So it's definitely some streaming appeal if you can nail the right guy of, of Rick Carlisle's rotation, because I haven't been able to do it yet. Um, right. Yeah, so that's, those are kind of the main ones I'm looking at right now. So, yeah, the Pacers uh, have been in a lot of shootouts so far, man. 121.7 points per game allowed uh, right behind the Spurs and the Wizards for 30th in the NBA. But I like the Derek Lively shout out because we talked about him a lot uh, to start the season. And I mean, he hasn't played a lot of minutes, but the games where he has played minutes, he's been very productive on the boards, 13 yeah. and 14 rebounds mm-hmm. in his two highest this season. Uh, Rath, any mentions on some scheduling for you and guys worth picking up? I think one that, that I'm keeping my eye on is Tari Eason down in Houston. Um, he could be back as soon as tonight. Um, they've got three games, no back-to-backs. So I think that would be a good way to kind of work him into the rotation. How much he'll play, I don't know. But what he brings to the table defensively and as a rebounder, I don't think it's too much of a stretch to see him hitting the 20s in minutes, you know, on a nightly basis uh, in in Udoka's system. So I think he's one guy. Um Miami's got three games with a back-to-back. So I think you're keeping an eye on, say, like a Jimmy Butler to see if he plays all three games. Maybe a Jaime Jaquez enters the equation in deeper leagues, uh, the rookie out of UCLA. But, yeah, I think if anything, we're just kind of waiting to see how some of these injury situations shake out because that will have a greater impact in the scheduling, I think. You think about the Clippers, the Suns. um, You know, Boston's had some guys out of the lineup recently, Derek White, you know, birth of a child i think he'll be back but you're looking at a friday saturday back to back so what does that mean for al horford you know does like a sam hauser enter the equation on the back end you know uh, so yeah i think tari <laughs> eastman be tari eastman be the main one for me personally yeah i like the hameakwa shout out too because i feel like he's a guy that kind of fits the heat culture and he's going to work his way into the minutes uh, rotation more and more playing more minutes uh dan any opinions on those two guys and tari eastman i mean he could be a bucket too. He's another guy. He'll come and get your buckets. Yeah, I think Tari Eason's probably going to get into that rotation quicker than normal because uh, Amen Thompson's also still mm-hmm. out. So I think there's some wiggle room in terms of getting some more depth on the wing. And Houston's surprisingly one of the best defensive teams over the last week. So like that Ime Adoka effect is definitely taking shape already. And when you get someone that's as dynamic as Tari Eason back, like that's only going to be better for them. Uh, Dylan Brooks, probably one of the biggest sell highs I've ever seen. But like this dude's in right, he's playing well right now, man. Like you got if you have him, like I get riding the wave. Um, one team that has a Saturday Sunday back to back. So if you're if you're looking to um kind of piggyback off of what Raph was saying with the Miami Heat, the Golden State Warriors also play that Saturday Sunday back to back. So maybe you look at you know if Draymond Green potentially misses games, uh, Jonathan Kaminga could be someone you want to add. Um, Kevon Looney's been playing really well. I think he's rostered over 60% of leagues, so he's probably not available in deeper leagues, but maybe a shallow league look, um, as well as Moses Moody. But um, yeah, man, uh, the other one I want to talk about real quick before we before we pivot to next week's stuff. Um, how worried are you about Andrew Wiggins? I'm getting there, season, man. Yeah. I want to say I wasn't there before. I'm like, oh, we're overreacting, but like, he does not look good. And I don't know if it's the rib injury or, or something that they're not disclosing, but he doesn't look like himself. So, like, I'd be – I'll definitely be sweating because I don't know that anyone's – I don't know what his trade value is right now. It can't be good. So, you're going to have to stick yeah. this out or have to make a tough decision as a fantasy manager. Yeah. I think you just have to stick it out. And 
you don't want to hope for someone to be announced as injured, but that might be the best thing to happen if you can plug him into an IL plus spot. Because like you said, you're not going to get much trade value for a guy who's outside of the top 400. Um, you know, I think ADP wow. of like 90 or so. So people are expecting top 100 value for him. You're not going to get that back in a trade given how much he struggled. He's like 54% from the foul line. And it's still volume, early. Volume's down too. Like, he's yeah, that's the thing. It, it's getting late really early for him. You know, so <laughs> yeah. Street lights are on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. You can't really, you can't just flat out drop him, but you kind of have to just, you know, say, like you said, rib injury puts him on his shelf for a couple of games. You can use that IL spot to pick up someone else and go from there. Yeah, I mean, he's by far having a career low in points per game. I mean, his career low is 16.9 as a rookie. He's at 10.8 right now. And you mentioned the free throw wrath. His three-point percentage, 17.9. We're talking about Ben Simmons' quality three-point shooting right now. Uh, he's just been a brick from three. But I feel like defensively, he's still been okay. He still gets yeah. his rebounds here and there. But uh, are you you panicking, Wrath, like as much as Dan is or starting to? Yeah, we're, we're getting there. Yeah, okay, we're getting there. All right. Are, are we there? With, are we there with Pascal Siakam too? That I think he's more concerning than Wiggins. Um, Ooh, be, really? Because you look at his place within that rotation, even with the new the change in coaches, you would expect him to still be one of those top guys. Like Wiggins, he'd be like what fourth in a pecking order on most yeah. nights. So it's completely different. Um, we've seen Siakam's usage drop like six, seven percentage points from last season. The the volume hasn't been there. He doesn't look comfortable. Scotty Barnes is shot up to the moon in terms of fantasy value, but, but it's come at the expense of Siakam. So given what you likely paid for Siakam in terms of draft capital, you know, this is a, I think he's far more concerning than Wiggins right now. Do you think that he could be I mean, I, I think he's like the top of trade priority at the midpoint of the season this year, trade deadline. Yeah. So is that a reason to hold on to him too in case he ends up in a better situation? Rath? Go ahead, Dan. Um, so that's where I'm at with him. Is like, I feel like he's the epitome of a buy low because he mm -hmm. hasn't been this bad ever. Like he's usually a top 40 guy. So like, I feel like there's going to be some regression to the mean here. But to Raph's earlier point is like, this system is just different and it's not a benefit to his skill set right now. Like he's his assists are down, his usage rate is down, his volume is down, he's not making the shots that he is taking. I was expecting him to be better just because he has a financial incentive to like be better. Like mm -hmm. they don't want to extend you. Cool. I'll ball out and go get a contract somewhere else, or make myself good enough that someone wants to trade for me and then give me the bag. So, like, I'm a bit confused as to where Siakam is right now. I still feel like I'm bucketing him in the buy low category of like, I could probably get him. It probably won't cost me much to get him for how bad he is, which is a good thing. Like I think he'll, he'll improve more so than I have faith in Wiggins improving like Wiggins as a fourth option. I wasn't expecting much anyway. So the fact that he's bad, I'm like, I feel easier about cutting him than a Siakam, like someone that I, I am invested in a fourth, fifth round draft yeah. pick. Right. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm torn, but these guys are like probably the two most frustrating uh, players that I have on fantasy right now that I'm like evaluating. I'm like, is this real? Is this fake? Should I not just overreact to this being less than 10 games? Like, what are they going to write this, sh this ship on both sides? Yeah, I just pulled up his numbers. 
130th in usage rate, 208th in offensive rating. There's mm -hmm. 207 players having a better offensive rating than Pascal Siakam, the number one option on the Raptors. That's that's very concerning. Last week we talked about him in a trade with we take him for Paolo Bencaro. That's not even in the same equation anymore. No, no, because yeah. Paolo went off. Like his buy low mm -hmm. window probably closed last week, right? When, right after we talked about it, he got he got his he got his game right. Um, yeah, we talked about him on a Wednesday and Thursday. He popped off for 30 points, nine rebounds, five assists on 69% shooting and 15 free throw attempts. <laughs> that sounds like a good right moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, all right. So guys, before we wrap it up, um, give us, you know, your top one or two players to go ahead and look at the ad this week, or maybe some trade targets for the people. Uh gotta add Jordan Hawkins and um I'd say Derek Lively is probably my second one. Like that. I like those two a lot. Brad? Um, this one's a pretty wild one for me to even say, Let's but go. Bismack Biombo. Oh, yeah. whoa. Yeah, they, you know, you think about it. They they just signed him in Memphis. Um, Xavier Tillman, I believe he is out tonight, if I'm not mistaken. You can double check that right now. Uh, yes, he's he out with me. Anyway. Knee soreness, his minutes were decreasing. Um, I don't know if Biombo is going to start right away, but his first game, he played 26 minutes, grabbed 11 Whoa. rebounds, dished out four assists, and blocked three shots up in Portland. So Whoa. he's still under 20% rostered. What the hell, man? <laughs> if you need trainer <laughs> help, you might as well do it. Like, Steven Adams is out for the season. We don't know when Brandon Clark's going to be healthy enough to play. Why not? I mean, Bismack Biombo, 26 minutes in game one with the Grizzlies at 31 years old in his 11th season, and he does that? Mm -hmm. he might Streamer. Yeah, yeah you, I like that a lot. Probably add Sadiq Bay too. He's under 40% rostered still. Um, you've got part of a three-man platoon for those two forward spots. He's going to play 25 per game. So you're just hoping that he can bring a little bit more to the table than just a three-point shooting. But deeper leagues, I think he's – probably be off the board by now no i love those two picks right there dan any opinion on either guy before we get out of here uh yeah love sadiq bay i think i don't understand why he's not rostered in more leagues like he should be well over 50 percent just given his role um even though he's in a platoon uh he's still effective and i think he's committed more to defense he's had way more steals um yeah he had that five steal game which kind of ballooned his 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 steals per game but um, I think he's still committed on the defensive end. And if anything happens to Jalen Johnson, like that's a great contingency plan. But I think he'll still be fancy viable, even with Jalen Johnson playing so well. So, yeah, pick up Sadiq Bay for sure. Yeah, definitely. His back Biombo, I'm like, eh, I'll give him a shot. <laughs> if I need yeah. a big man and I'm like, I'm I'm struggling or like I got to replace Tillman. Like, yeah, pick up Bismack Biombo. Yeah, no, there's, there's been a lot of hard rotations to nail down at certain positions. And the Hawks at their four position has definitely been one of the uh, more challenging, I think. Uh, waiver wire and pickup starts um, so far through the NBA. But Bismack Biombo, I think, is the perfect guy to end the show on because he's about to pop off for a double-double plus 700 betting odds. And Rath was like, yeah, that's my guy. <laughs> Nonchalant. <laughs> All right, that's Raphael Johnson of NBC Sports, Dan Titus of Yahoo Sports. I'm Vaughn Delzo of NBC Sports. Thank you to our producer, Adam Wise, and everybody watching and tagging along with us. Make sure you check us out on rotoworld.com and NBC Sports com youtube as well guys great show as always see you next week
Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.